You're listening to Rocks Across the Pond, the curling podcast that goes around the globe looking for the best stories in the world's coolest sport. We have curling news and views for everyone, whether you're playing in your Thursday league or following your favorite teams on tour. Now here are your hosts, Ryan McGee and our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Hey everybody, welcome to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. My name is Ryan McGee and joining me as always in Southampton, England is our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, it's been a while. How are you today? It's been so long, Ryan. I'm okay. Not that different from the last episode. That's good. Anything, uh, anything new in your world? Nothing really. It's summertime. Yep. It's kicking back. That's right. You're kicking back because you have no curling, and summertime here means that I am curling. <laughs> so how is how's curling going? It's good. We uh, fi- are finally back on the ice. Uh, so the good news is we got ice time at all. Uh, the bad news is it's Fridays at 8 p.m. Uh, at our ice rink because that's when we had time available. So because it's summer, I'm missing like half of the draws because I'm out of town so much. Um, but that's okay because I've been able to get on the ice twice now uh, in our current, uh, really it's a beginner's league. It's more of an instructional league. So it's been fun. Um, the first week, and this is some classic arena curling stuff and only like 20% of our listeners are going to get, get this. So we, our first week we had 17 people show up. It's not much. No, it's the worst possible number for doing a night of curling. 16, you've got two sheets with two teams of four people. With 18, you have three sheets with two teams of three people. With 17, someone gets hosed. (laughs) And that someone was me because I was the 17th person to sign up. Oh, no. Well, so here's what I did. And it wound up being a lot of fun was since I'm one of the more veteran members of our club, uh, I sat back and just went hack to hack, like just helping out the newcomers, like helping them feel balanced, helping them get their line of delivery right. Like I was in straight on coach mode. It actually felt awesome. So I did that for the first half. And then I went to one of the empty sheets and threw a bunch of rocks. And it actually ended up being a very enjoyable uh, night, even though I wasn't directly involved in one of the games. That sounds good. I'm trying. I'm sh- trying to think through a combination. If you did, it's kind of tricky. I think you could probably do mixed doubles on one sheet, and then uh, two sheets of three or four person curling. Yeah, that would have just involved way too much math. So I just I I volunteered to just kind of because it was it was the first week, so it's the it was the first like game for more than half of the people that were on the ice. So I just sat there and tried to coach them up. How how uh, so? How long have you been out? Have you curled since the pandemic? Yeah, not in like a league. So this is the first quasi somewhat organized league that I have played in since the pandemic. They ran one in the fall 
but that's football season. So I was out on that. And is um, like, what's the membership like these days? Um, I don't know, but we get somewhere between 16 to 20. And are you, this is a contentious issue, but are you a member of the USCA or are you, uh, are USA like, curling? Am I personally a member of USA? Your club? Our club? No, our club is not. Is it a member of the GNCC? Our, the club is a member of the GNCC. Huh. And are you personally a member of USA Curling? Uh, I'm personally not a member of my own club right now. I haven't paid any dues. And I, wow. <laughs> I hope one from Virg- Curling Club of Virginia is listening to this. <laughs> They're just like totally rogue curler. <laughs> uh i am i am i am a mercenary so look for me to be marching on moscow uh <laughs> all right i'll edit that out <laughs> that'll be I, a dated yeah, reference a, by the time this it will uh, i'm a i am a curling mercenary all right Sp- i guess speaking of curling mercenaries we have part two of our <laughs> conversation with marco mariani i wouldn't call him a mercenary he's more of like curling's marco polo we had part one of our conversation with Marco where we talked about all the great things that Italian curling is doing to prepare for the 2026 Olympics. And in this episode, it'll be the part of our conversation with Marco where we talked about his time as one of the coaches in the Chinese Olympic program, uh, where he was the primary coach for the women's team that participated in the Olympics in Beijing in 2022. Um, so some very interesting insights from Marco into that program and into some of the things that happened in the run up to 2022 that kind of made his life kind of difficult in terms of preparing a team for success in a in a competition as big as the Olympics. And then kind of where he sees that program going forward. They just got done with a weird year where they didn't participate in the PanCon, so they didn't participate in Worlds in the men's or women's uh, disciplines, um, and just kind of what what we can expect to see going forward from the Chinese program. So it's a very, uh, very interesting part of our conversation with Marco. All right, so let's get to it. So, so this is the second time that you've been part of a program that already knew that it was qualified for an Olympics. How, how do you compare kind of what you see from how Italy Maybe is going time. about? There's What's third that? time. Yeah, third, third time, time, yeah, because you were, okay, back in 2006, too. Yeah. This is the, this is the second time. <laughs> second time in a row that you've been a coach in, in a program that was preparing yeah. for an Olympics. Um, from what you've seen, from what you've seen, how can you compare what Team Italy is doing now to what you saw from from Team China uh, going into the last Olympics? Uh, team China, okay, I can say my experience there was uh, with the player was fantastic. Uh, was a big problem uh, with the COVID because we was not allowed to go to play competition. The team was very good, but we was not allowed to play competition and uh, build experience uh, to play the game. Uh, actually, Italian team have a different way. They have uh, make a good uh, technical before, and now they play a lot of competition. They play the Grand Slam, and they they are ready to play with any team there. And they know every team they play against. 
Of course, from my point of view, the Olympic game in Beijing in the men and women was more the one was one of the best the tournament in the world, in the women's size and the men's size. If you see which kind of team played the Olympic game in the women and the name of the skip and the men's size too, was amazing. Was that, we can say, the end of one generation of curling. Mm. Now we start again. Some player is there, but they are in the end of his career. And we will see what will be changed in that three years for the Olympic game. And of course, the Italian team, they are already there. And uh, I don't know if they in the future they can win a medal or not, but for sure everybody have to consider Italy one of the team to beat, to to arrive and to reach the gold medal for the Olympic game in the women and the men's size. And the mixed double, I hope yes, the same. Well, the way those teams are playing, I believe you, because the their trajectories um, are looking like they could peak in 2026 at those games for both both the men's and the women's. Uh, we picked three gold for sure. <laughs> three gold. <laughs> He's All calling right. it here. All right. I like it. I like it. Hey, I like it. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you, Marco was two for two last year. He told me that his women's skip in China was going to be good. And he told me that the mixed doubles team from Italy was going to be good. And he went two for two. Um, but yeah, going going back to that experience with the with the women's team, can you just tell us about 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 your experience with that team during the tournament? Obviously, you came uh, came came up short in terms of making the playoffs, but I thought that your women's team played fairly well compared to, especially compared to what was expected of them in that tournament. If we have the possibility to make, uh, I can say three, four competition before the Olympic game with the foreign team, not only in China, from my point of view, was easy for us to go into the semifinal. Yeah, my team was very young and uh, we remember Han Yu, the skip, and then after that mm-hmm. we have to change. She had too much pressure from outside, from inside too, more inside than outside. We can say to the Chinese part because the, 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 the media and that one, they was very tough with her. And uh, mm. but she is fantastic player. You see, after that she won the university game, the back end, my back end, win the university game, and now Han Yu win the mixed double and the women tournament there. Uh, but you know, when you have a younger player, oh, you can have a time to dedicate and to give day time to win, or you have to put and to let they play competition to make that experience as soon as possible. And the, the first year when we won the PACC 2019 against Korea and Japan, and uh, we was allowed to go around, and we was one of the best team around Europe and Canada. Mm-hmm. But uh, after COVID's coming, and uh, the, the 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 game was over. Anyway, they prepare in the best way. They practice a lot. They training a lot. But we was good in technique. We was good in uh, make shot. But the we miss that kind of experience, the game experience. Can you talk about those those pressures that she was facing? What were the kind of the thing? What were the kind of things that that she was facing from the media and from the from the Chinese program that that led to that pressure being too much for her? Uh, you know, in China, you don't have only media pressure. You have political pressure, and you have all of that. And uh, they know that. They know very well. But anyway, they are younger and they are not easy to manage that, for sure. 
And uh, on us was pressure too. We tried to manage that in the right way. Me and Pea, we tried to do our best and uh, Tommy too. But you know, in, Ch- in China, you can only you can only win. But uh, mm-hmm. when you suggest the way to win, they don't chat what you thinking, and they go in his way. They go in Chinese way. In curling, it's not easy because curling still a team sport. It's not single. And when it's a team sport, you have to go in different way. And if you see China and team sport, actually in volleyball. They have uh, they have done good success before, but not anymore. They lack a little bit in that kind of uh, part of sport. Team sport, they are not so good like in single sport. Mm. From my point of view, eh? Why do you think that is? Uh, be- because they 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 have to think a team. I can say that me. Uh, uh, I can say that us is better than me, and that they mm-hmm. don't think like that. Uh, anyway, is way in political way is like that, but it's not true. That's interesting. Yeah, because you would think. I mean, you think yeah. the communist system, you put the team ahead of the individual, but you're saying the opposite, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it because they can control an individual much easier than they can control a team dynamic? Yeah, because individual, you can take one person and uh, make that person work for 24 hours a day, good food and uh, make good training. Maybe you can have some success. In the team sport, you need four, in curling, four or five person in same duration to do that. And that uh, can now uh, happen, I can say, if you don't have a good uh, program to do that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you give the, the best crew of the best things, but you can you have to hear the people have more experience about that uh, for do that job you see they try in the soccer they try in basketball they try in all of that uh, sporting but uh, they don't have to too much success they have to think in another way what were your interactions with the chinese government like huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I can uh, give you a diplomatic uh, replies. <laughs> okay, you're free. I mean, you're you're not there anymore. No, but I mean, if you want to be, if you want to, I, I respect that you want to be diplomatic about it. <laughs> okay, we can say that in the first part of the period was uh, was we was already in trouble because uh, I remember when I was there in the July. I have a team, I have two teams, and both teams was in the top 10 for the Grand Slam, their world ranking. And we go to play in Japan, couple of tournaments, and uh, I won one, and uh, we have two teams. We was first and third. The second team, second tournament, second and third. After that, we was back in China, and they say, not too good. Now, we want to change our program and we want to make a special KPI and all the athletes have to reach number, we can say to one to 10, eight. Now a 10 for the Olympic game. After one month, I lost all that player. <laughs> and I was oh remained with only six junior. And one of the junior was Han Yu, another kind of player. And uh, we was, we yeah. risked don't go to play the, uh, 
the PACC because I don't have player enough to do that tournament. And they after when we come back to Japan, they put inside our program a running 10k program. So, so had, like, wait, running, wait, running 10, like 10k races, like running 10ks. Yes, okay. exactly. All right. And you know, work for the yes. curlers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I believe in the physical performance for athletes because I believe yeah. curler is a sportman like any sport. And actually, they have to work very good in physical part, but you have to work in the right way. Yeah, really, you want to work on like the short term sprint type endurance rather than the the long distance endurance if you're a curler. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, we have done a good job. The player who was remained that was fantastic and we work very good. Up and down the, the, with the with the political side was up and down, up and down, especially in the last uh, the Olympic during the Olympic game was a lot of uh, confusion and chaos. But uh, in the end of the way, I can say we have done our job with uh, what we have. And uh, I'm sure if they give us the chance to make some competition before the Olympic uh, game with the women team, we we can do a better result. We, for sure, we was very close to go to the semifinal, win one more game. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how many teams can say that because that was one of the, I mean, that was about as tight as it could get for that last uh, playoff spot on the women's side. That tournament was insane. Yeah, we actually, we beat Canada in the last game. We mm -hmm. beat the uh, UK. We beat Sweden. We beat Korea. <laughs> we beat uh, a lot of teams and we lose against Switzerland because how you Take the red, red, red light on the his first stone in the last time stone to win the game, and mm. after that we know the the light doesn't work well. Oh no! Mm -hmm. And yeah. after they, they they keep away the light. Yeah. Ah, but that's curling. That's can happening. Yeah, yeah, it's curling. <laughs> Although the light part's not necessarily curling. I think that's a that's yeah. a big issue. One way, if they give us the chance to make competition before, for sure it was very good, and we was close to go to to the semifinal, one hundred percent. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. What was it like working with uh, Peja and Soren? As because they're like two top international coaches out of the Swedish hey. kind of tree. Hey, so. yeah. Peja is um, uh, more the a sport manager, like a mm -hmm. technical director. And of course, uh, you know, I'm good friends of um, uh, Soren. Mm -hmm. And uh, there we have work a lot on technique. We work a lot on the video. We try to uh, grow in our way to coaching team and uh, technique and uh, dynamic. And we have, uh, um, uh, we, can, we can say, developing a program to prepare the player. And, uh, you know, I trust Soren and all of this have done in technical way, dynamic teamwork. I still to use uh, his program. And after that, it now is our program because we have we done that to the same way. We still uh, are in contact for uh, share information, share the way to work and the, the commitment to do for the player. And um, OK, with Soren, uh, he, he was in Italy with me. I, ch I chose him in Italy to work with the Italian team. And mm -hmm. 
with him, we start to make selection and we chose Samos, we chose Joel, we, we took all of that player. And I remember Sebastiano, before I leave from China, one year before, I say, Sebastiano, he has stopped to play curling for one year. He don't want to, I say, Sebastiano, you have to, to play curling. He say, why, Marco? Because you are good and you have to back. And, <laughs> uh, and now I give you the chance to go in the military. I say, no, impossible. You go, you make that because the results start, you have the result from two years behind, you can go in. And you have done that. And after you start again, I say, this Olympic game in Korea is not your time. After that, it started your time. And now you see Sebastiano, what's uh, he doing. Mm-hmm. I know we have done a good job with Soren. Soren is my guru in the technical way. And, uh, and I still to go on that way. He's a crazy guy. But it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I I think all I really want to wrap up with is like, what do you think the future is for both for China, for the program you're in China, but also what do you think the future is for Italian curling? Oh, uh, we can start with China. China have a lot of potential. They can be the best in the world if they want. But every four years they restart again. Uh, and that kind of things make the rest of the nation, uh, I can say, lucky, because we can still to have our um, advantage. Mm-hmm. Because if they really want to go in the one good pros- project, maybe not for three, four years, but for eight years, in eight years they can beat any team in the world. For Italy, because they have a number, they have money, and they have. Uh, they can build curling venue everywhere with no problem or cost. In Italy, we go on the on the professional way. We don't go on number. We go on the, uh, we can uh, the the word in English uh, in good word we can say we can take not too much player, but we work hard on that player to reach to let they reach a better performance. That's mm-hmm. the way to do in Italy. Of course, for the future, we try to improve in the number of players. If we can do that and uh, build another two or three venue in different town, of course, in Italy, we can do a good job on curling too. Great. So I guess th- that's it for us. So thanks thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, when, when are tickets going to go on sale for the Olympics? Sorry? When do the tickets go on sale for the Olympics? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have no pull in getting us some curling tickets. <laughs> no, but for sure, that's coming. The, but uh, I think um, will be a good tournament for the public too, because we are very close to the venue of uh, downhill of the venue of the bobsled. We are very close to the um, um, the venue of uh, uh, cross country. And the uh, biathlon, and uh, you know, a lot of people from that sport come to Sweden, Norway, and they are color too. I think it uh, will be a very nice uh, event, and uh, we have a lot of support on the arena for sure. We can see a, a, a full of people inside the arena. That's what I must expect for that event in Italy. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it too. I think it's a great, a great location. And uh, I, I wait for you in Cortina. You will be my guest. All right, I, I'm going to try to get tickets. I'm not sure if Ryan okay. will join us, but I, I actually would love to go. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the interview. If I hope that I was clear enough and that my English was uh, uh, enough, uh, you can understand enough what I want to mean and what I want to say. And uh, thank you for the interview.
yeah thank you so much for joining us okay ciao ciao bye 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 thank you for listening to rocks across the pond a curling podcast if you enjoyed this show we ask you to please leave a review or tell a friend about us your referrals to friends and family are the greatest compliment we can receive and is what allows our show to grow and share our love of this great game you can find all of our past shows and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. If you have a question or comment, you can reach us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to us, and we will talk to you again real soon.